Hello and welcome to Real Industry, Real Talk. My name is Tom and this podcast series is intended to give you an overview of many different types of businesses from the real people who work in them. Today we are on episode 2 and we have Grant Posey, a 3D printing store owner. He's going to tell us about this new industry, his experiences as a manufacturer and his thoughts on the trade. Welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? Thank you for having me, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for, for being here. Uh, so, uh, if you can just, for uh, the sake of the cause, give a little bit about uh, a little bit of background about yourself, that would be great. So, my name is Grant. I've been doing 3D printing now for about seven years, five years professionally. I've focused a lot on the full color sector and have recently started getting into the fused deposition modeling, the standard uh, consumer and prosumer grade. Uh, plastic models as well. I consider myself a subject matter expert, um, pr- primarily in the Southeast United States. I do a lot of consulting for additive manufacturing, and I run a retail 3D printing business, which is something that you just don't see all that often anymore. Okay, so if you could just break it down for the people who doesn't who don't really know a lot about 3D printing, what's the difference between uh, full color and the other thing you mentioned? You mentioned another concept? Yeah, the, the fused deposition modeling. So right. full color 3D printing is literally a big inkjet printer. It uses HP 11 inkjet heads. It works just like your printer at home, except instead of pieces of paper, it's layers of powder and you excavate the parts out as if you're digging for dinosaur bones. Uh, we've always joked that getting interns in the paleontology sector would be really awesome because no one would ever break parts. Um, That (laughs) material is extremely fragile when it comes out. Uh, It gets dusted. We have some special techniques. It then gets coated in super glue, which is what gives it its color and uh, strength. When it comes out, when it's fully done, it's more akin to ceramic. The industry calls it full color sandstone. And you can see some examples of that on our website. The company name is 3D Musketeers. Um, the single color is like a big computer-controlled hot glue gun. I normally use the uh, – it's an Etch-A-Sketch duct-taped to a hot glue gun, but a lot of kids these days don't know what an Etch-A-Sketch is, and that's always a little rough on me. So I, I just use the – it's just a big hot glue gun. It's computer-controlled. Um, so these are only three-axis machines. They have an X, Y, and a Z axis. And they can build basically anything that can fit inside of their build envelope. If you need to build something larger, you got to break it up, glue it together. Okay. And the other thing you said, the fused form? Um... That, that was it. Fused deposition modeling is the plastic 3D printing. It's the most common out there. It's the most affordable. You have printers starting as low as about $220 that are decent. You can get ones for less. Don't waste your time on Chinese kits. Get printers that are decent, okay, uh, and then they they go well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I've operated printers as low as two hundred and twenty dollars, and I guess my most expensive three D printer would be about one point four million dollars that I've had some seat time behind. Mm-hmm. That's some serious gear. It is. It is. It, it was uh, absolutely a treat. Something that I really want to do again. Right. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna ask a little bit of a naive question. Okay. Forgive me, but for the people who aren't from the business, aren't from either uh, the 3D printing business or the manufacturing business or any kind of uh, let's say technical background, if you could 
maybe give a little bit of a brief about what 3D printing is used for today in like things we see around us and where do you think it's going in the next few years? Absolutely. So a lot of people have seen Invisalign. It's those plastic braces that get replaced every couple of weeks or, or once a month. That was the first consumer product that was mass 3D printed. There's no real other way to do it. If you want to mill it out of a block of you know acrylic, go ahead. Uh, that's a lot of time and energy. Um, so what a lot of people end up doing is they utilize 3D printing. Now, 3D printing is most uh, akin to rapid prototyping. That's what most people call it because that's its job. Its job is to help uh, someone that's looking to, let's say, injection mold apart. Let's say you're building a new bottle. Well, that injection mold is really expensive, ten dollars to $15,000 minimum for an injection mold. Well, the 3D print's going to cost you maybe 100 bucks for the design, maybe 20 to $30 for the part. You've just saved yourself ten grand if that part wasn't right. And if it is right, awesome. You have a production sample that you can show to investors and other people. Uh, we have companies that use it for end-use products. We do a lot of work. It's Realistically, where it's useful is – and I hate to use the term limitless, but it kind of is. I mean, there's even machines that can print organs. The Organovo printer is most famous for this, but it's a $20 million 3D printer. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach the question from a different perspective, if you may. Okay. Um, so let's say I'm walking through my, my mall, uh -huh. my mall back, back home, and I see a retail, you said a retail 3D printing shop, right? Yep. Yep. What would such a shop offer for those of us who don't, doesn't, uh, who don't have such kind of a shop around? So most of the, the retail shops, and there's only a couple of them. I'm, I'm the only one in Florida. Right. Uh, as far as I'm aware, there may have been some smaller ones that have popped up, but the larger ones, I'm the only one of them. Right. Um, we're service bureaus. So you come to us with ideas. We provide you with parts. At, 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 that's the goal of my company is to help people bring their ideas into reality. And that's what 3D printing can do, and it can do it pretty affordably. I mean, we're working on a piece. Uh, I mean, I'm currently printing out a piece for a C3 Corvette. Really? Yeah. A plastic piece? Yep. Yeah, this guy's building a custom C3 Corvette, and the taillights, he wants to modify their position. Right. So we are printing out a spacer out of PETG, which is recycled water bottles, so it can handle the extra heat that you're going to have when you're dealing with a vehicle. And... Uh, it took us two iterations to get it right, and sometimes it takes you a little bit longer than that, but we got it right. We're good to go. I think the other large project we have is over 33 kilograms worth of printing. It's a cart for an auto detailing business. Right. That is two weeks worth of printing. Yeah. <laughs> Solid to get that done. That was, uh, that was fun. And do people <laughs> usually come around with, um, I don't know, like drawn sketches or like SOLIDWORKS files or AutoCAD files? How do people usually approach you? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, a lot of times we're getting just napkin sketches. Heck, sometimes just, hey, I really want to make this part. I can explain it to you, and then I will kind of sketch it out with them. If they like that sketch, we move forward with, with building it in 3D, and you know, we, we go to the print. Sometimes we get files. That's, that makes my job a lot easier. If I can get a ready-to-go file, the price quote is easy to get. I send it to the printer. We let the printer do its job. I clean it up, make it pretty and they get the part they're looking for.
Okay, so you're saying you get people from all like all walks of life. There's people like hobbyists and people who like need something for their home, and maybe people who need something more large scale for their business. All all types of orders come in. Exactly, it it, it fulfills all different realms. Um, I. I, I carry 3D printed parts on me all the time. It, it, it's a way to prove, a lot of people look at 3D printing as just building trinkets and that kind of stuff. And, you know, don't get me wrong, the fidget spinner craze it has been uh, very kind <laughs> to me, but that's not really what 3D printing is about. 3D printing is about, you know, building that thing that you've had in your mind for years that you don't want to see on late night television and, and getting it to market first. And, or you know, getting it sold for a portion of the profits. Right. Uh, you know, we we help clients from start to finish. We get a lot of inventors. Inventors have been pretty common lately, uh, where they think they have the next million dollar idea, and we assist them through the entire process. We work directly with a patent attorney. So if they need, they if they want to get a patent done, boom, I have a card for them ready to go. If they need, if they want to go forward with getting the part actually produced via injection molding, boom, I have a manufacturer that we work with. Uh, we, we like to help with that entire supply chain system with clients. But in terms of where they're coming from, it's all walks of life. Right. I'm going to go back to the orders thing a little bit later. But right now, I really want to talk about you for a bit. Okay. So uh, 3D printing in general is, well, it's a relatively new field. It's not like super new. It's not like been out for like two years now. But it's relatively new. And it's not a profession that most people would think of as you know, something to aspire to. I don't think I, you can hear a lot of uh, people going to school for 3D printing. Right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, though. No, there's actually, I think we just had the first college in the United States come out with an additive manufacturing degree. Now, of course, that college completely escapes me at the moment. But, you know, I never went to college for engineering. I don't have an engineering degree. I have two business degrees. I have an undergraduate and master's in business. I'm just an engineer at heart. Right. Didn't get into the school. Didn't get into the engineering school I really wanted to go to. So I said, forget it. Going to business school. Um, you know, so it, there are jobs out there, though. GE is currently hiring right now for additive manufacturers who want to run million-dollar CNC machines, million-dollar, uh, you know, metal 3D printers. They're hiring right now. I think they're starting in the 70s. $70,000 US and I think they're out in Illinois, you know, so 70 grand out in Illinois buys you a lot of stuff. I can, um, I can, yeah. I can only assume, uh, but yeah. uh, I, okay. So again, back to you. So you're saying two degrees, an undergraduate, an undergraduate uh, and a master's in, in business. Yes. And how did you even start with like 3D printing? What, like, what was your first experience with it? How did you turn it into your first business and so forth? So that one's kind of funny. The, the, the way that all worked out is, is kind of funny because it was a very Shark Tank-esque experience. I was in my master's program about a year and a half in, and I had a class with a guy who owned a Nissan GTR. And as a car guy, I had to talk to this guy. I had to talk to him about the car, how he got to the point in his life where he decided that spending $120,000 on a car was, was awesome. And so we decided to go to lunch. Of course, he drove. It was pretty nice. Um, and he said, you know, why are you getting your 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 master's? At the time I was, I guess I would have been 22 or 23. And uh, he said, why are you getting it? What does it matter? I said, I'm just, I'm looking to set myself up for success in the future. And one day I want to potentially open up my own business. 
And I had just won the business plan competition at our school for a 3D printing kiosk idea at a shopping mall. And he said, is this, is that kind of where you want to go? And I said, actually, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. You know, 3D printers are where, where it's going to be. Uh, so that would have been about 2012 or so when that happened, 2012, 2013. Right. Uh, Cause I'm, tw I'm 27 now. So I was born in 1990 to give a, 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 a bit of a timeline there, but he said, well, I have a guy who may want to invest in something like this. I can set up a meeting and bring your pitch game. And I did. And that started up my first 3D printing company. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't last. Uh, it lasted just over two years, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, that was fun. I got really sick. Um, 3D Systems, one of the major manufacturers of 3D printers, neglected to tell people about the risks of inhaling some of the powder that comes with these machines. Uh, the powder-based 3D printers, the uh, Z-Core and ProJet 660 Pros, they use a gypsum-based powder, which according to its MSDS is completely inert and 100% safe. It's not. Uh, I am testament to that. I spent a lot of time in a hospital. It was actually a, a routine checkup that basically went from, oh yeah, you're totally fine to, are you sure you haven't been smoking for 30 years? And at 25 years old, that was hard to, to comprehend because I'm less than 30, yet I have the lungs of a 30-year-old smoker. So that, uh, that I basically said, all right, I guess this is the end. I walked away from that company uh, got my health back in order and started up 3D Musketeers uh, January of 2016. Right. And, you know, here we are today. The company is going strong. I'm very happy with the decisions that we've made so far. And yes, we are taking more precautions for safety. And <laughs> I'm, I'm implementing personal levels of safety well beyond what is generally accepted. Well, first of all, that's that's an amazing story like i i'm I'm, trying, I'm having trouble comprehending how one can go from such a traumatic experience of actually literally inhaling poison uh in a business that he loves and then you know step, stepping back aside and starting back up again i think most people would be afraid to even go near a 3d printer again after what you've been through and yeah it was it, it was certainly an eye-opening experience to say the least it mm -hmm. it it really did change the way I looked at how these machines worked. And it, it gave me a better understanding of let's not trust the big companies. Let's work with the small guys. 3D Systems has been one of the worst companies I've ever done business with. Mm -hmm. And I've gone on record many times of saying this, so I have no issues repeating it. I lost over $40,000 because of how long my machines have been down. Mm -hmm. because of 3D systems. Now I've transitioned to doing all the service myself and I have lost less than 24 hours in one year worth of printer time versus over three weeks last year. So in, in 2016, the machine was still under full service. Now it's just under uh, parts only. And Rapid is the largest 3D printing convention in the United States. I attended it in 2016 because my printer was down and I had just lost a $14,000 order. Mm. So I went down there to yell at someone from 3D Systems saying, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm not only a shareholder, 
but I, I, I own one of these machines. It's about darn time you, you care about your customers. Mm -hmm. when, when you're spending close to $100,000 on a 3D printer, it better damn well work. Definitely. Yeah, so that, and that's why we've moved over more toward the consumer side of things because the RepRap project, I mean, it, it, if you've done any research in 3D printing, you've probably heard the name RepRap, Joseph Prusa. You know, the, Rep, the RepRap project was started by Joseph Prusa back in 2009 mm -hmm. when one of the largest patents in the industry expired. 3D printing has been around since 1984. Can you spell Orwell's that for us? Rep Can you spell RepRap for us? R-E-P-R-A-P. RepRap. And you have Joseph Prusa, J-O-S-E-F mm -hmm. space P-R-U-S-A, Joseph Prusa. Mm -hmm. Now, it could be Perugia. I say Prusa. So, Joseph, if you're listening, I apologize if I butchered your oh, name. I'll get, I'll get the, right the right name down in the show notes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Joseph is located in the Czech Republic, and he makes, in my opinion – the best 3D printer under $1,000, bar none, this is it. The Prusa i3 Mark II. I'm not even a reseller. I, I, I focus more on the service side of things. I'm not, not really big into selling printers because realistically, when you sell printers, you have to service them because uh, a lot of people just want these machines to work. And we're not at the point of where we can say, yeah, it's 100% uptime, 100% reliability, never going to break. But there's also not a system available right now that if someone's 3D printer breaks, they can easily get it fixed. They have to come to a guy like me or they have to go online and find it. Right. You know, Google Plus has a lot of good groups. Facebook has recently come out with some really awesome groups for very specialized you know, 3D printer owners. And, of course, uh, you know me because we met on Reddit, which I think is another fantastic resource for uh, people that are looking to get information on 3D printing. The 3D printing subreddit, have to give them a shout out because without them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I went to the community when I first started saying, look, this is what I want to do. What should I buy? And the community was much smaller back then. We looked at all the machines that were available. You can go back to my post history and find it. If you, if you want to post my uh, personal Reddit account, by all means, go ahead. Um, we'll do, and I will add a link to the, um, to the actual uh, um, thread you're referring to uh, in the show notes as well. Perfect. Perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the, the 3D printing subreddit is an awesome community, and it's where you can ask any question. And Let's say it's been answered before. Awesome. Someone will link you directly to that thread. That's what I like about the community. Being part of the community is so important. You have a lot of these big companies that just don't care about the community. I mean, MakerBot, who was bought out by Stratasys a couple of years back. Stratasys has taken MakerBot from being the quintessential name of 3D printing to the absolute butt of every 3D printer joke. <laughs> Everyone hates MakerBot now. They were the greatest. We loved them. They focused on open source. Then they sold. Now, they sold for 90-something million dollars, since 94, 95 million dollars, and they walked away. And don't get me wrong. If you offered me 95 million dollars, you can do whatever you want with my company. I don't care anymore. I've made my money. Have a nice day. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the community didn't take that very well. As a business owner, I could look at it from a money perspective and say I would do the same freaking thing. That's enough money for me not to care anymore. Of course. Uh, and that was that was Brie Petrus. And of course, if you're looking to learn more about Brie, you can watch uh, Printing the Future 
which is on uh, Netflix. It should still be on Netflix. It may not be on there. I anymore, have actually but. watched that. And you can see the guys there, the, the makeup guys, sorry, pre-save. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I can definitely tell what you um, and I and I never bought a print uh, 3D printer in my life, but I can I can understand what you're saying. They seem, you know, these ridiculously dedicated people to what they do. Yep, ridiculously dedicated. And you have to be because it, 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 each machine is like having your own child. And as someone who doesn't have children, I guess I can't easily make that comparison. But they act up for no reason. <laughs> you, you have issues where just that day that printer is just like you know. I'm just going to sit here and throw a temper tantrum all day. Nah, no, no more work for me today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, but, sorry you know, for, I, uh, I'm sorry for like, uh, contracting this, but I, I got I to gotta move on to the next part of the interview, if you don't mind. Not a problem. Okay. Uh, so a little bit about the actual business um, in which you work. So you're saying that uh, the, the main part of the business is a retail shop in a shopping mall, right? Right. Okay. So let's say this is an ordinary Tuesday and you, you're um, sitting in your shop. How many customers and like how many orders do you usually get per day? Don't 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 give me the price range. Don't give me the exact quotes. Just like um, a range of how many people actually walk into your shop and order something. So on an average Tuesday, we're gonna get five to ten people that are gonna come through the doors and order something. Uh, the key about the key thing about this business is that we are not reliant on walk-in customers. We have a large online presence, and we have lots of customers there. Uh, the fact that we're in a shopping mall is just simply because it, the rent is pretty affordable, and most people don't know that. Shopping malls generally have very affordable rent for temporary leasing. Um, now, with that being said, at any point in time, they can remove you. So if you're going to do that, have a backup plan. You know, so it, it, it's, it's just worked out. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the uh, online presence, and that kind of leads me on to the next question. If you're saying that most of your uh, traffic, most of your customers, uh, come from from online. Can you tell a little bit about um, the exact funnel? Not the exact funnel, but maybe a little bit of uh, where you find your customers online. What kind of outreach do you do? Do you use any uh, traditional channels? Maybe I don't know, radio, newspapers, television, whatever. Is there if you can you know, specify a little bit about what you do? That would be great. Sure. So I will preface all this with saying I am not very good at marketing, and I'm looking for someone who can potentially help us with that. Um, for me, it's just been getting to be a part of the community and building up my knowledge base over the past, you know, six, seven years in, in this uh, industry. And, you know, I'm kind of known as the full color guy. People call me for assistance on their machines. We are the, we are the backup printer for the Smithsonian. Really? And, and as a physics geek, oh man. That's like that, that, that. That's top tier. Awesome, right there. You know, so to have companies come to you and say, "Look, I need your help. I don't know what we're doing." That, that's how we've built our name. Marketing is just for me being a part of the community, helping out other people, even if it doesn't net me any money. Helping them, like you see, I rarely, if ever, post with a branded company account. I want people to understand that when you're talking to me. And when you're talking to the company, you're talking to Grant. You're not talking to some shop lackey. You're not talking to a secretary. You're talking to the owner. And having that personalized experience is what has really helped us build a brand name and build a following. Because people don't want to deal with these massive service bureaus a la Shapeways that you have 
absolutely no contact with a human. And if you do, it's only after complaining. With me, you do business with me, you get my cell phone number. You have a question, you text me, you call me. That's what this is all about. It's about starting a conversation and working on it from there. That, that's what everything is about in this industry. It's about helping other people. That's what I've started doing, and that's how we've built our name. Okay. That's actually pretty cool. So you're saying that right now you get a constant stream of orders and parts coming from, uh, from online, from Reddit, from your website, from your social media presence. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I will go a little bit off track here and go okay. a little bit into in depth into the um, software part of the business. So a little bit of the reason I started this interview series was I really, uh, I, I taught myself to program around uh, 22 or 23, and I did this big like project that was helpful for me. Like I built something that I actually used, and then nobody else used it. <laughs> and the yeah. reason I, no, that's, that's true. It just it was like an SAT automatic checker thing. I hope one day to maybe post it on GitHub so people can look, but that's not the point of this podcast. Right. The reason I actually started approaching people and talking to them is when I look at different industries from my point of view, I see many unsolved problems. Like people have things that they really, really, really want solved and they're willing to pay good money for them. They just don't have the time or the resources or the know-how to solve them. They just don't. Right. And that's like the, the, a problem of, of everyday life. So I really want to dive into something that maybe most programmers listen to this, listening to this could relate to, which is the software side of the business. So if you can like mm -hmm. maybe uh, let's put the hardware, side, uh, the hardware side of things uh, aside for a second and talk about what kind of software you use all across the business. So that's accounting, the actual printing, managing the shop, everything. All right. So we'll start with the design side, because of course the design is one of the most important pieces of 3D printing. If your design sucks, your print's gonna suck. Mm -hmm. there, there's really no two ways. I don't care if you're using a $400,000 3D printer. If your design is terrible, your print's not gonna be that nice. So we like to use free open source software because it, it just, it helps the community. And quite frankly, I don't wanna spend five grand on software. Now I have, I, I, I have SolidWorks but we don't use it all that often. We're using Onshape, Tinkercad, Fusion 360, which Fusion 360 has got to be my favorite current design software right now. It combines the freeform sculpting that you're used to with like Sculptress and ZBrush and Tinkercad, brings it along with parametric modeling like you get with Onshape and SolidWorks or Katia, Rhino, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's legally free and it's from Autodesk, which is how you know it's not terrible. <laughs> you know, Autodesk is a good company. We've actually, they're a customer of ours. We've done work for them in the past. If you really, uh, yeah, if, uh, Megabots, Megabots had this huge uh, Kickstarter about building a giant fighting robot to uh, fight the, there's a Chinese or Japanese robot that they're going after. And we were contacted to do the full color 3D models for that project. And the catch was it had to be done in Fusion 360. Right. Now we normally use ZBrush, which is a $700 piece of software that will randomly decide it hates you. So sculpting okay. programs, it, it really like uh, Pixelogic is who makes ZBrush. It's not a bad software. It's just not designed to do 3D printing. There are workarounds to get it to be there, but to have a modeling software that really helps the beginner is extremely important. People are so afraid to get started because it's cumbersome. 
these learning curves are peaks and they're, they're cliffs. It's unless you got your rock climbing gear ready to go and you're ready to tackle this, this structure, you're going to have a hard time getting there. And that's upsetting to me. That's why we always start people with Tinkercad because it's basic, but it's easy to understand. It's user interface just freaking works. And having an interface like Tinkercad's, but with the ability of Onshape or Fusion 360, man, even if even if you're going to charge people to use it, that's that's where this industry needs to go. The, the, the printing software's there. You know, you have Cura, Repetier Host, and uh, MeshMixer which are your three big slicing programs. MS Fixer is not the best for slicing. They have their support structure, which is kind of a joke for a lot of people because it's really oddly generated. But Cura and Repetier Host are your two main slicers. Well, they're your, they're your platforms for slicing. You have your Cura Slicer. You also have Kiss Slicer. You have uh, Slick 3R, which is Slicer, but a 3 instead of an E. Um, you have... Oh, Matter had the one from CME CNC. I'll get I'll get the name later. Don't worry about it. Yeah, there there there's one specifically for Delta printers. Okay. Um, but yeah, there there's lots of good open source software, and then you have Simplify 3D. Simplify 3D came onto the market, I would say about two years ago. Maybe it was a year ago, mm -hmm. and they have become a paid software now. Their software works, which is why I like it, but I don't like what they're doing with it. They're not really updating it. They're not contributing to the community, and it's expensive. You can only buy it in two-seat packs, so it's $150 for two seats. You must buy two seats. You can't buy just one. So they're sucking you dry for at least $150 on top of the printer that, you know, let's say if you're just a consumer here, you're only going to spend five or $600 on your printer. Mm -hmm. So it's really tough to say, oh, yeah, hey, let's go spend another 150 bucks on design software. I don't think it's necessary. We use it because we have specific profiles set. We like its support structure. Mm -hmm. we, we like the way that Simplify 3D works. But, you know, we're a production-based company. We're not an end user. Yeah. If the budget exists for the end user, I highly recommend it. Um, its support structure and its ability to land parts is what really makes it special. With that being said, we're going to go back to Joseph Prusa. He is really pushing the forefront of uh, slicing software. So he released his Prusa i3 Mark II, which has become the best printer on the market, in my opinion, for under $1,000. Mm -hmm. And he's been constantly updating Slicer or Slick 3R. I'm going to call it Slick 3R uh, because it's that's how you spell it, S-L-I-C-3-R. Mm -hmm. um, He's recently released some really awesome updates to it to allow things like gradual layer height change. So if there's areas on a print where you don't need a lot of detail, but you don't want to take so long, you bump the layer height up to you know 0.2 or 0.3 millimeters. Mm -hmm. But when the high detail stuff comes in, you can bump it down to 0.05 right. millimeters. So you have ultra fine detail and it's gradual. It's not, it's not like it goes immediately from, you know, 0.2 to 0.05. It's a gradual change. So the, it's very difficult to notice. He's done so many tweaks and, and I don't know. I, I think Bruce is on the right, uh, on the right path here. 
I hope that if, if Joseph Prusa can bring out the uh, clickable, customizable support structures and a command for landing an object. So like Simplify 3D, it's control L. You click a portion on the part and that sticks it to the build plate. Yeah. That's really, really nice to have. So you don't have to guess if you're dead on. Uh, if he can bring those two additions to his Slick 3R, I think that I think we will see the end to Simplify 3D because realistically, that's all it has right now. So I think if you if you're starting out, get Cura, get Slick 3R for Cura, have some fun. The softwares are really good, and because 3D printing has become more of a mass consumer product. You have a lot of good YouTubers out there that you can watch instructional videos on either how to build your printer, how to work the software. Um, and if you'd like, I can share some of the favorites that we uh, that we follow here because we believe they're contributing not only to the community, but they're contributing to the greater good of the industry. They're not just reviewing it saying, oh, hey, look at this cool printer. They're providing real hardcore evidence as to why this is good, where it could be changed, and how. So like maybe just three names of YouTubers. I'll make sure to add them in the show notes, just like the actual names if you remember them. Okay. You have uh, Thomas Sandlander. Okay, who, that's one. It's Tom's 3D printing. You have Joel Telling, who's the 3D printing nerd. Okay. And uh, recently, Maker's Muse. Uh, has been pretty good. Those three are, and that's personal, of course, you know, your mileage will vary. But I think Tom, bar, by and large, my favorite, he 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 tells it you how it is. He's not going to beat around the bush. Joel right. Telling uh, is more of the funny, you know, he, he interacts more with the community. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I love Joel, a fantastic guy. I hope, I hope uh, they both uh, very good success. Uh, Maker's Muse, I'm just starting to get into, so I don't have a, a, a formed opinion there just yet. Right. Okay, that's okay. I'll make sure to add some links in the show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe I'll talk to them, see if they want to uh, listen to the podcast, maybe come on as well. Let's keep it for next for <laughs> maybe another episode. Absolutely. Uh, and um, let's move on to the actual process of... Oh, sorry. One thing I forgot. You mentioned all the design and the 3D printing software. You didn't speak about the business side of things. How do you manage your orders? How you manage or do you do your accounting? If you all of these things. Okay. So on the business side, managing orders, we we utilize Google. Uh, we are an Android and Windows company, except for our 3D scanner. But mm -hmm. that's neither here nor there. We so we utilize Google Docs, Google Sheets. Uh, that's how we communicate because it it allows communities to get involved you know if if let's say i have a design uh, project and one of my designers is out of town mm -hmm. well another designer can pick it up and say hey i got it we're good to go uh, we don't need to have people in the store to design mm -hmm. and that's amazing because we're, we're able to now you know work with people all over the globe play the time zone game and be able to get parts out to clients faster right uh for local for local stuff uh, for local people, local customers, uh, we do a lot of the design work in-house while they're waiting. Mm -hmm. uh, I've learned, I'm, I'm learning on shape and I've got a decent, uh, set on fusion 360, but on shape has been one that I've been playing around with a lot because it's solid works. It's made by the same guys and we utilize a Google, 
a Google spreadsheet that tells us where everything is at in the process and how much how much time we've spent on it. We give accurate quotes up front. That way there's no surprises. Um, you know, we generally, we tend to quote about a half, 15 minutes to a half hour higher than we think it's going to take. And if it takes the exact amount of time we expected, so 15, 15 minutes to a half hour less than we quoted, we apply that difference to the printing. If it takes a little bit longer, well, that sucks. Uh, you know, we, we're not going to, you know, say, okay, yeah, we'll get it done. And then two days later say, oh yeah, we've spent 10 hours on it. That'll be X amount. Right. You know, we, we, we've been doing this long enough to understand how long things take. Yeah, yeah I, I, could, I can imagine. Uh, okay, so I think we've pretty much done with the software. We talked about the kind of, did, did we mention the, the printers you use? Yeah, of course we did. We mentioned the hardware as well. Uh, we mentioned, well, we mentioned the types of printers. We didn't mention the, like the brands. Let, let's do the brands. Let's do the brands for a bit, just like okay. a quick review. Yep. So our full color printer is a Z Corporation, Z Printer 650. Z Corporation is now owned by 3D Systems. They have rebranded that printer to be the ProJet 660 Pro. Uh, that is our full color machine. So we only have one. That's it there. On the uh, single color side, we have a Lulzbot TAS6, which is made by Aleph Objects. They are located in Loveland, Colorado. Their printer is certified open source, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I love Lulzbot. They're a great company. We've been dealing with them for a little bit. I hope to do more business with them in the future. Uh, we also work with Fusion 3. We have a Fusion 3 F400. That is our current largest 3D printer. It is 14 by 14 by 12.6. It's fully enclosed. It's 83 pounds of awesome. Um, that printer is a lot of fun. It, it's, it's the one I look at and say, yeah, that's form follows function. It's a pretty <laughs> printer. Um, now versus the Lulzbot, which is, an, uh, the Lulzbot's an open design. The Lulzbot's in our front window because it looks the coolest when it's printing. The Fusion 3 is a beautiful machine, but it's enclosed. You can't really see into it. Right. The Taz, the Taz is just, it works. And Lulzbot's produce so many uh, extra tool heads for it. So it's really easy to change out how your printer is working. Mm -hmm. uh, Fusion 3 uses a quasi open source system. There are some things they keep closed, but the design of it is a Core XY setup. So it, it's it, it's a well-known setup. They use Spectra instead of GT2 pulleys. So instead of rubber pulleys, they're using Spectra. Right. Which is really cool. It won't stretch as much. Uh, we have a small army of Wanhao Duplicator i3s, which when we started was the best printer for the money. Now they're not. Um, so they're not bad, but they're not good. We also have a couple of the Prusa i3 Mark IIs, uh, and we, those are the printers we recommend the most to people because they just work. They're certified open source as well, I believe. I mean, the I know same guy, the, 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 the guy mentioned earlier, Joseph Prusa is the Prusa. one who makes them. Yep. Okay. Yep. And they come right from the Czech Republic. They're all made to order. Um, they are awesome printers. You, you, you can feed them anything and they're going to take it and they're going to love it. They're fast, they're reliable, they're consistent. Um, they're loud, which is a downside, but they're good printers for the money. We just had a chance to play with the Monoprice Maker Select Mini V2. It's my favorite printer under $500. They're $220. And if you're looking to get into the industry for cheap, I recommend that printer quite a bit. Now, that is a Chinese printer, so, of course, that does come with some issues and lack of support. But Monoprice does a pretty good job of dealing with the end customer support system. You just mentioned the next topic I want to go into, which is how to actually get into the industry. So, before we um, 
about 10 minutes ago, you mentioned the fact that you got started um, as, a, as a business uh, uh, undergraduate and a business master's uh, student. Right. And then you transitioned, or I wouldn't say transitioned, but decided to go into 3D printing. If you had no prior knowledge of 3D printing, you just like heard about it on Reddit, thought it was cool, and wanted to go start working in 3D printing, what was the first thing you would advise someone to do? Research, research, research. Uh, knowledge is extremely important, and it's bountiful online. You can easily go to Google, type in 3D printing class, and I believe you can take some MOOC, uh, massive open online classroom, mm -hmm. classes about it. Learn, join the communities, ask questions, get called an idiot a couple of times. It's going to happen. <laughs> there, are, there are some nice people. There are some, there are some mean people. But you know, I, started, I started with no knowledge. I said, this is cool. I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And I, I, I've paved my own road. And of course, that road has been paved with people around me that are smarter than me. I, I think the key to having any business, 3D printing or otherwise, is surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you in certain subjects. Bring in turbo geniuses that are good at very specific things. You know, we, we have uh, one of our employees, David, absolute genius when it comes to design. This boy, I can give him any task. He'll get it 99% of the time the first try. Love working with the kid. That's why we brought him on. Um, you know, I can do a lot of the sales side. The design side is not my strong suit. So we, we bring on designers. Um, if you're looking to get into it, though, do your research. Don't just type in 3D printing into Google and stop there. You, you want to join the communities, join Facebook groups, join the, the subreddit, get involved. You know, if you're going to post in the 3D printing subreddit and you heard from the podcast, mention us, let us know so that we can come in, we can help you out, we can talk to you about it because that's, it's important to get that conversation started. I, I just, I love helping people. So I, anytime I can, I like to join in. Uh, at the end of the episode, we'll make sure to add some, uh, some links, extensive contact details for you. Yep. I know you're, you're on code details so everybody can, can catch up with you. Uh, but before yep. that, you just mentioned David and uh, people who work for you. How many people do you have working for you, by the way? So we have one on-ground employee. His name is David. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, geez, like four interns now. Uh, we participate in a work rehab program mm -hmm. where we bring in uh, people with disabilities and we help bring them, uh, you know, back up to being you know, where they need to be to get a normal job. Uh, that, that, that's part of, part of my goal of, of always giving back to the community. Uh, we currently have an individual who is on a work-study program from Germany, which is really cool. Uh, funny to talk politics with him. That's, that, that one's always good. We're not going to get into that. Heavens no. But, uh, you know, we, we, have, we have one intern who his mom reached out to us on Facebook and said, hey, I just want to get my son out of a house. He's sitting home playing video games all day. I want him to do something useful. Can he just come in and help you guys out? I don't really care what he does. I'm like, free labor? I like free labor. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> as, as he's sitting like 30 feet from me, giving me a stink eye. Of so course. I'm totally fine with this. Hey, Gabe, how's it going? <laughs> you know, we, we, we like to believe that we have a great corporate culture here you know even though you know i'm one of the owners of the business that doesn't mean that my say is final we we actively want people to challenge each other and say i don't think this is right but if you're going to say that you better have some evidence to back it up 
That's right. what we like about this. It's, it's all fact-based. <laughs> and 3D printing leaves so much there uh, for meat on the bone. It, it, it really has been a lot of fun. Um, so in, as for designers, we employ designers. We have three locally here in Tampa, one of which actually works for Blizzard. The gaming for, company? For Z. Yeah, the gaming company. So he designs yeah, video games and 3D printing parts. 3D printing he parts. started. He started doing uh, just ZBrush modeling. ZBrush is a sculpting program, mm -hmm. and his stuff is so good. Blizzard reached out to him and said, "Hey, we'd like you to make a demo reel." <laughs> and as a designer, that is one of the highest compliments, in my opinion, that can that can be paid out. Um, we work with designers in California, Georgia, the Philippines. We have a couple in Bulgaria. And that allows us to play the time zone game. The guys in the Philippines, they wake up as I'm leaving. So they're 12 hours off from, uh, from uh, me here in Florida. So I can work with them right before I'm going to bed, give them a task. And by the time I'm waking up, everything's done. done. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So if a client needs something like ASAP and they don't care what it costs, okay, it's going to the Philippines. No problem. And we, we pay people appropriately. Right. You know, it, it, uh, th that's the big deal is making sure that you pay people the right amount, making sure that they're happy. I do actually have a follow-up question on that. So okay. you mentioned uh, the Blizzard guy and David and Gabe was giving you a stink eye from across the room. <laughs> but I do want to focus on how you train people on the job if you do any, any kind of that training. We do. Okay. So, of course, a lot of people that come in have, you know, specific knowledge on certain things. Like, uh, you know, Vince has been using Geomagics. Uh, Geo Vince is? Vince is the, uh, the individual from Germany. Right. Um, but we don't use Geomagics because, one, it's owned by 3D Systems. Two, it's like $15,000. Right. So, no. Um, I've actually tasked Vince with building his own 3D printer. We, we've been wanting to build a printer here for a long time. And he's going to be here long enough that we can design it. We can print the parts. We can buy all the materials that we need. It. We can build it. My hope is before he leaves, we're going to have it assembled and printing. So I, I think that'll be a really fun project for him. That's a little bit outside of the box. He's used to working on big machines like our full color. And he's never worked on plastic ones. So we're, we're training him to work on other fields. Uh, Gabe knows basically, he came in knowing basically nothing. Uh, about 3D printing, was just really interested in it, wanted to be an engineer, and uh, I said, "All right, what do you want to learn?" I, I don't, I don't have a set path of where I want people to follow. I want them to go where they want to be, because mm -hmm. no matter how much you try to reinforce something, someone's always going to do what they want at the end of the day. And I don't want to push him to do design if he really wants to work on, you know, the uh, manufacturing side of it or the building side of it, and. You know, that way it allows them to kind of make their own road and enjoy it. You know, we will assist them throughout the entire process. But uh, my goal is to have them essentially become their own autonomous uh, employees, if you will. They know what they're supposed to do. They know what's expected and they just do it. You know, and that it's worked out. It's worked out pretty well. And, you know, Gabe really wanted to learn design, so we started training him uh, in Tinkercad. We started with Tinkercad because it's the easiest, it's tutorials, nice. Uh, now he's getting into Fusion 360, so you know he, he 
he's been working on making parts like Father's Day just passed here. So he made some parts for his father mm-hmm. uh, that he custom designed and printed. So that that is a really cool method because it's it's special. And while it might not have taken him 15 hours to make, I doubt his father's ever going to forget it because it's it, it's it's where he didn't just go on Amazon, search Father's Day gifts and bought something. He spent the time to figure out what dad would want and make something cool. Amazing. That's just like the best gift idea ever. It's pretty cool. It, 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 3D printing is a, is, is a great way to make something for someone that has everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned the fidget spinner craze before, like in the beginning of the interview, and come oh, to think man. about it, and I, I'm seeing you know, fidget spinners and fidget cubes and these little like, stick things that just have fidget written on them as if they are some kind of fidget thing. I don't even know what they do. Yep. Um, yep. And, and it just comes to mind the amount of possibilities to gift someone with something um, 3D printed is, as you said before, limitless. There are so many cool things I can print. And I'm really happy I'm doing this interview now and coming to think about it because um, my dad's birthday is actually coming up soon. And I might just 3D print uh-huh. something for him. I might just order, order a part from you. Absolutely. Well, let me know. We can absolutely get you, uh, you know, made something. up with something really awesome for him. <laughs> Awesome. We'll talk about it when, when, when the date comes. Um, one last question. One last question before um, we will we'll wrap it up. Um, step out of the business hat for a second. Step out of the engineer hat for a second. And think as a layperson. Think as somebody who's just approaching mm-hmm. the industry right now. If you're looking okay. at the process right now and you have to identify one pain point, something that is really, really hard and could be really, really easy without thinking about how to solve it too much. So if you have like one big, big problem that you just need solving, what would it be? So if you're looking to get into the industry, I think the, the biggest problem that we see for people is what do I buy? Right. You know, I have a budget. What do I buy? What's good? I don't know what's good. You know, there people end up going to like Alibaba, AliExpress, GearBest, finding the cheapest 3D printer they can, and they make a mistake. They come to me, they're upset because, oh, this was supposed to be good, all the reviews were good, but it's a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. The, the, the biggest hurdle is getting through the minutia to really what matters in the end. What, what printer is really going to fill my needs? And you'll say, if you, let's, let's do this, let's, let's, let's just make, um, a full stack recommendation, if you will. Software, hardware, best place to learn. So hardware, if it's under a thousand dollars, if you have a thousand dollars, under five hundred dollars, under five hundred dollars, make it cheaper. Under five hundred dollars, you're going to want to get the Monoprice Maker Select Mini V2, which is the Malian M120. Now, if you can buy from Monoprice, if you're in the states, buy from Monoprice. If you're not in the states, shipping may be a little much. So take a look. It's, it's the Malayan M120. It's M-A-Y-A-L-A-N, I think it's Malayan M120. The Monoprice V2 is upgraded. It has a lot of the upgrades the community would normally do. Uh, so if you can buy from Monoprice, buy from them. You can buy from Amazon. Uh, Monoprice sells it there, and I believe it even comes with prime shipping, which, of course, if you're in an area where Amazon is at, you got to love it. Yeah. Um, so that's hardware. That's hardware. Yep. Uh, for software, Cura. If you don't want to spend money on Simplify 3D, Cura all day. C-U-R-A. And you can get it from Ultimaker. 
Uh, Ultimaker is a manufacturer of 3D printers, but they have, they are kind of the source for the Cura um, slicing software. Right. And best place to learn? Learning, it's going to kind of depend on how the person learns. You know, if you are more of a visual learner, go to YouTube. Go to Thomas Sandlander, go to Joel Telling, the 3D printing nerd, go to Makers Muse, find, find, you know, high subscriber count YouTubers that do 3D printing primarily, watch their videos. If you want to read, Facebook and Reddit are going to be your two big markets. Google Plus is okay, but it's a little cumbersome to go through and quite frankly, I don't like its interface that's the one thing I really don't like about Google. Everything else I'm a big fan of. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say if it's if you're looking at a very specific printer, go to Facebook. If you're looking to get more just generic questions and answers, go to the 3D printing subreddit. Um, that that certainly will be good. And a lot of the a lot of the printers, like the, the popular printers, like the Monoprice Mini, uh, even the Creality CR10, they all have their own individual subreddits as well. So you can go to the main 3D printing subreddit, ask your questions, find your specific subreddits, and hang out there. But the overall, the biggest thing that I recommend is get involved. Start a conversation. Be a part of the community and you know, take the advice. When you know, when you've, when you've built up that knowledge base, give back. Because for every time that you're going to ask a question and get an answer, someone else is going to ask it too. Help them out, just like the community's helped you out. And if we can continue that pay it forward mantra in this community, it's never going to die. It's always going to build, and it's always going to be a welcoming home for people to learn about additive manufacturing. Right. Okay. Um, I think that's a, that about wraps it up. Uh, if somebody wants to contact you, how should they do, should they, they do that? They can contact me directly through our website, which is 3dmusketeers.com. So that's the letter three, the number D, musketeers like the candy, M-U-S-K-E-T-E-E-R-S.com. Uh, you can email me directly, uh, is grant, G-R-A-N-T, at 3dmusketeers.com. Uh, you can also use the contact us page or the request a quote page on our website, we can get you helped out from there. I can also be found uh, perusing the 3D printing subreddit. Uh, we can link my uh, personal profile below. Will do. That's probably easier to do Will that. Do. Um, and if you're in the United States, give us a call. We can be reached at 813-803-4973. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, come on by. Come on, see what we have. And uh, who knows, maybe you'll get a little chance to uh, get some seat time behind a machine. Okay, that's that's great. Thank you so much, Grant, for this interview. This uh, I think you answered pretty much every single one of the questions I sent you beforehand. Um, I do think that many people who are not in the 3D printing industry would be happy to hear this interview, maybe get some ideas of cool things to do, and hopefully, maybe in a future episode, we'll get some um, podcast listener online, and uh, we'll have a little um, three-way talk. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, okay. That would be a ton of fun and you know there's in this industry there's no such thing as a stupid question mm -hmm. i'd much rather people call me and bother me for days about a printer that they're looking at instead of just buying it on a whim and ending up with something that they don't like you know that I, I want to help people 
So do not hesitate to reach out. I'm always available. Let's start a conversation. Let's have some fun and let's make awesome. That's what 3D printing is about. Awesome. Thank you so much, Grant. Goodbye. Absolutely. Take care. That's it for today's show. I want to clarify a mistake that's been made during the episode. The name of the movie Grant mentioned is not Print the Future, but rather Print the Legend. It's available on Netflix if you're interested in watching it. I'd also like to thank Smiling Cynic from the OP Sound Project for the intro and outro music and invite you to join me on our subreddit, r slash realindustry real talk, for the show notes and additional information. Again, that's reddit.com slash r slash realindustry real talk. See you on the next show.